0: Welcome back to This Is 30 Podcast with your host, Ash Turner. This week's podcast episode is an Instagram live with a hashtag real talk, where we have brought on a special guest that is not part of the panel to share their hot mess specialty and topic. This may be an expert. This just may be an average Joe person that has gone through tremendous pain in their life, overcome their adversity, and want to share their stories. Either way, it is a real talk episode. I hope you love this episode as much as I do. If you would like to watch the video, you can find that on my Instagram page at thisis 30 podcast. And don't forget to rate and review before you start listening to this. This will push the podcast episodes up higher to help other hot messes out there in the world. So let's get straight into it because we know it's going to get a little bit messy. This is 30. Podcast is back with my first hashtag real talk. I have Karen with me today. Very excited by this. You're my first guest uh, face-to-face, you know, physically together, not always um, online and everything like that. But we're going to be talking about her domestic violent experience. And you all know how much this topic means to me as a fellow DV survivor myself. Uh, a little bit about Karen before we get into all the details about it all. She is a domestic violence survivor. She is uh, three to four months free. So it's newly sort of fresh at the moment, which is probably the perfect time to really tap into her brain about the escape and how she's healing and managing those initial struggles. She was with her partner for 22 years. So out of all the podcast topics I have done about the DV, this is the longest by far of someone that's been in a relationship with this type of person. And she encountered, just like myself and many of you, so many different ranges of abuse. You know, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the financial, you name it, we've all experienced it at one way or another or a different level as well. And before I get into all the conversations with Karen, I just really want to highlight some key stats for people because I don't think people are educated enough on how common this topic is. And we were talking offline before about all of these other ladies that you've indirectly met that have experienced the same thing, but we just hide it so well. And so these stats are really going to blow your mind or you're going to be like, of course, of course, I relate to this. So according to missionaustralia.com, one in six women have experienced physical or sexual violence by a current or former partner. And with men, it's one in 16. 75% of perpetrators are reported as male and 25% are reported as female. The highest DV rates uh, with intimate partners occurs between uh, 18 and 34 years old with women, which will link in nicely with your story when it all sort of started as well. And then according to ncadv.org, on average, two people per minute are physically abused by their partner in the US. On average, 20,000 calls are made to DV hotlines each day. Uh, a presence of firearm increases the um, the homicide risk to, by, to be abused by that sort of perpetrator by 500%. And intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all crimes. 19% of DV involves a weapon. And 19.3 million women and 5.1 million men have been stalked in their lifetime in the US, 60% of women and 43% of men admit to being stalked by a current or previous partner. That just gives me chills with some of that. Like, it just shows, and you're nodding head going, fuck, like you probably can relate to heaps of that, just to show how common that is, which is so terrifying at the same time, how common that is. So... I've just let that sink in with everyone while they're listening. But firstly, I want to turn to you and say welcome to my podcast. I'm taking a cherry today, guys, a little bit of positivity. Pop in a cherry with her first podcast as well. (laughs) We're kicking it all off. But Karen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know. So Karen and I have met in a previous life. Uh, We used to work with each other in a different company and we instantly connected, didn't we? We did. We were like a vibe.
1: Yeah. We
0: absolutely did. We we had a connection mm-hmm.
1: straight away. Mm-hmm. And um, when you think about it, there was a more deeper connection that we didn't know yes. at that time. We, we didn't know what was going on mm.
0: in our life at home. And I remember um, when it first started happening to me, I broke down in tears at work and our old boss was on the phone to me and he was like, what happened? I said he laid hands on me and he fucking lost it on the phone. The most professional guy I know fucking lost it. He's like, what the fuck, losing it? And he's like, after that conversation, probably five, 10 minutes later, I get a call from Karen. That Because he was you're you the PA to him, and I spoke through to you about it, and I just remember, like, you could hear the pain in your voice, like, understanding, but we never spoke about it at that time. It was unspoken. Yeah, and I was very young. I was, like, in my early 20s mm-hmm. as well, I like had no parents around me or anything, so I was a bit lost, but she gave me so much sort of strength and wisdom. And it's funny because now I look back and go, holy shit, like it was probably a mini cry for help from you at the same time. Yeah. And it hurt you because she's so compassionate. She's got the biggest heart you'll ever like ever meet. Um don't let the red lipstick and everything fall you and stuff like that. She's crazy. She's crazy as well. But in a good way. Um but yeah we just connected so much with that. And we I did. think it's we're all tied down what oh God, how long have we know each other for like ten years or so that now. It, oh my gosh. Yeah, it is actually around that time. We've known each other so long and to now 10 years later talk about this same thing that we've just... That's
1: right. That's right. We're going into a deeper connection of our
0: life. The universe brought us together and we didn't even know the reason why. Yeah. I love that. Love these coincidences. But let me just set the scene and I guess um, talk people through this. So I was so shocked when, shocked but not shocked, when Karen opened to me um, about her domestic violence. But also I knew at the same time, but I was shocked that she was speaking up about it because I knew she was in that marriage for so many years. And I know from many of your stories as well, uh, heaps of your ladies that, you know, have spoken up to me about it the longer you're with them and the more children you have and the, the assets and everything like that, the harder you feel it is to take those chains off um, and want to escape or want to talk about your truth out of fear and everything like that. You hear all the horrendous stories and stuff like that. So this is a mixture of the the ugly but also those life lessons and those wins. Yeah. As well, because you know me, I'm not gonna we're not just gonna dwell on all the bad. I want to show the strength of your story, how much you have grown and what you've learnt from it, and how she's fucking winning it life, guys. Like after three of this, she's fucking nailing it. Okay, so we're gonna go through all that as some light at the end of the tunnel for you guys. But I would like you to set the scene for us before the domestic violence and all of that. Take us through, like, your childhood and what you think links you into that type of abusive relationship. Sure. I grew up in Melbourne.
1: Um, I have two amazing older brothers. So we were um, a family, mum and dad, together. Um, we presented very well. We would have um, we. – I'm Sri Lankan, so we come from a culture of love, food, Entertainment, You know, our house was always filled with family, you know, most weekends. And so I came from a home that was quite dysfunctional behind the scenes. I had a father who was a alcoholic, a functional alcoholic, as mm-hmm. they call it, because he he did a nine to five job. My mother also worked and uh, we went, you know, we were my brothers looked after me. So we used to go to school together. And I, I saw a lot of things a child should not have seen, the three of us. So there was a lot of violence going on in our home. It happened most weekends. And I'm talking, you know, 30-odd more years ago. And I remember the police coming to our home quite regularly. My mum would just call them out of desperation. And um, they would take his side. There was no, we didn't know anything about domestic violence. It's like... My mother was mad and he was the provider. So maybe you're really emotional. You've had a bad week. And so, well, this was the structure in her life. So I saw this growing up. This was normalised in Mm -hmm. my life. And I just really thought a man was he's a great provider. Mm -hmm. He goes to work. He's a great provider. But let's ignore all the other factors that come into shape who you are. So I went through um, high school, always had a smile on my face, always thought the best of everybody. Um, My mum is one of the most strongest women anyone would ever meet. The struggles in her life, married very young, um, children from 19, and just struggled through life Mm -hmm. with my father. And anyway, um, one day she left us. She couldn't take it after 16 years and... Um, that started um, the the revenge from my father, the vindictiveness. So I saw the really, there was ugly, yeah. but I saw an uglier side to um, a father figure in my life. Yeah. So went through school, had wonderful friends, kicked the footy. I was a real tomboy. Believe it or not, I had a BMX bike. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine you on yeah. that. <laughs> so I had two brothers and yeah. all we did was kick the footy. Yeah. I loved AFL. We loved cricket. Yeah. I had no choice. It was that or get into the headlock with my brothers. Oh so, yeah. Okay. Pick
0: uh, the forty up. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. So um, that was really my escape: kick the footy outside, swing a cricket bat, ride my BMX bike, and then all of a sudden, I finish high school and I'm lost. Yeah. I have, I have, I've had a father wound most of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, father was present. But nothing was present in my heart. Yeah. So I had no guidance from him as to how a man should treat a woman. And my mum had her struggles through that time. She was trying to find herself. Yeah. Again, uh, married, trapped from 19. Yeah. And so I saw this as, well, this is it really. Karen, you're, you're, you're really not that important in life. You've got really nothing going for you. So... Probably, you know, if a guy likes you, like them back.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, he'll be a good provider. Yeah. Um, and just go along with it. Yeah. And make it happen. So I finished high school. I'm pretty much wandering the world, Ash. Lost. Yeah. I'm pretty lost. Yeah. Um, through that time, I, you know, I, find, I found God through that time and that was my foundation and my faith, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you find God through that time, nothing, it actually, um, there's stuff that you've got to deal with. Yeah. And if you don't deal with those wounds,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they keep uh, coming up again yeah. and again. Yeah. The very thing you run from yeah. is the very thing that will chase you down. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm 18 now. And I've got my Datsun 200B and I've got my <laughs> Benson the Hedges Ciggies yeah. and I'm in my car, the shutter down because there was no um, electric windows. And I'm thinking I'm living my best life, yeah. I'm working. And I meet um, I meet someone. He's he's probably about five, six years older. Yeah. And I think this is the bee's knees. wow, he's going to rescue you. He was uh, well-to-do. He, um, you know, he was extremely smart. He wanted to be a millionaire by a certain time. Like, what is a millionaire? I'm basically um, still at 85 Fulton Street in Clayton, you yeah. know, thinking I just want to still kick the footy yeah. and swing a cricket bat. Um, anyway, I find out that I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with him because this is love. Yeah, I found someone who's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm who's going to take me through this journey anyway to find out he's he is quite physical Mm. and I remember now a lot of my family don't know this but um, they're going to be quite shocked when they hear this and I think this is the time at 43 now it's time Mm. to talk about these things speak the truth speak the truth Um, we were you know we finished at a nightclub I was not allowed to do a lot of things I hid smoking from him that was a major Mm. factor and I mean, I would—I didn't even know what a margarita was, but I think I just drank like a little bit of scotch. Yeah. And I thought that was that was the most amazing, exciting thing in my life. And anyway, we finish up this nightclub. We all go and get so lucky as you do in Chapel Street yeah, at it's about 3 a.m. 3 a.m. <laughs> That's it. Lamb on Chapel. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're all sitting around, and he says, "Did you have a cigarette?" This is all my friends. And we're all having a bit of a laugh. They've probably had a few to drink. And I thought, I going to say the truth. I said, I did. So at that very moment, he put both of his hands around me. Now, this guy is very strong. He's bodybuilder material. Mm-hmm. Um, he put his two hands around my throat and he said, this is how it feels like to not breathe so in front of everyone in front of everyone but everyone was laughing so they didn't quite understand what was going on and i thought it there was a point that i couldn't actually breathe it actually blocked my circulation and it felt like hours but it was seconds now he was a very very strong guy and so he let go and i started laughing but laughing out of fear and i had the most severe headache for the for the next two days yeah well basically someone's cutting off your circulation you cannot breathe yeah and um anyway i didn't think anything of it because i thought karen you've done the wrong thing oh wow you should not have smoked yeah he doesn't allow you to smoke so look that was the start of um some pretty physical altercations from there. And, look, that lasted a year. It was very toxic. When I look back now, I think my daughter's 18. Yeah. God forbid someone even tries to kiss her on the cheek now. Yeah. I will deadlift that person (laughs) so quick and slam them down the ground. Stiletto It's gone. (laughs) And um, so, well, this is the path I'd taken, Ash. Mm. And um, so he he went away. Um, It was a very, very toxic breakup punching the wall, jealousy, and then very soon after I met my future
0: husband. It gives me, like, goosebumps right there just listening to it because once you start opening up, I didn't know about that first bit as well, so I'm like, wow, and for people listening as well would be able to relate to that, like the first physical thing that happens to you, especially it's probably different, a, bit, a bit different for you. For me, I was so naive to it because I never experienced any of that. Like I wasn't educated. I had no idea what domestic violence was. I didn't know any of that sort of stuff. But then for you as well, You've been in that environment and been normalised to that so that you were con- kind of conditioned in a way to go, this is okay because I have grew up that way. And it's your fault. Yeah, exactly. So it's like two different sort of paths and stuff, but it makes me get goosebumps literally every time I hear someone's story like that. Mm. And now before, I guess, to set the scene for people, before we go through, your, I guess, your marriage and stuff mm. like that, paint the picture for people How he lured you in and charmed you? Because we really want to emphasize those initial descriptions and behaviors that these guys, in particular, but also women, display to lure you in. Well, um, I was, look, I was easy prey.
1: Yeah. I was already lost. Yeah. You know, this is uh, Karen's life 1.2 now. Yeah. (laughs) And I was searching. Um we we met through mutual friends. Um I was doing two jobs at the time and I met my friend I said, Hey, he's here. Do you want to come and meet him? Yeah, why not? I'm so I'm still so carefree in that sense. Mm-hmm. I've become more carefree now because my life is so much more precious and worthy now. Um so I, you know, met him and and you think, well, you're lost, you're mm-hmm. fragile, mm-hmm. you're broken. Yeah. Sounds like a tick, tick, tick. You've pretty much got no self confidence. Yep. yep. Um, I was never told by my father that I was beautiful. Karen, you can achieve anything you want. Um, I was pretty much said in other words, I was an inconvenience and I was a a problem. And so you know, you you just you're walking pretty much with a blindfold in your life. So now I'll 19 by this stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, yeah, so the luring part was I will take you around the world. I will look after you. You don't need him. Of course you can smoke. Go and have a drink. I love a drink. I didn't know there was a drinking problem, mm-hmm. but I thought, you mean I can have a drink? So these all things were tick, tick, yep. tick to me going, Kaz, you can now have a bit of freedom. Yeah. Wow, you want me to do that? Yeah. But this was all a part of their game. Yeah. And the game was keep her entertained. Yeah. And keep her with, you know, keep that traction going. So, um, look, I was only waitressing at that time and, you know, I was still in with my mom. I had really no big ambition. Mm-hmm. At that stage in my life, and I just thought he was eleven years older than me. He's lived life. He's travelled the world. Mm-hmm. What more do I want? Yeah. Um, and he was the same nationality as as I am. Um, anyway, so that's how it was. He he was here in Melbourne for a little while, and he went back to where he um, where he resided, which was overseas. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't have mobile phones or anything. Then he was letters. We wrote letters. And he had a key card and he used to call me from wherever he was flying to. And I just thought this was the bee's knees. Now, my mum comes into the picture. By this stage, my mum and I, we had reunited and I was living with her. She said, Karen, let the breezes of your ex-boyfriend go through your heart first. Let things settle and heal before you even commit to this to this guy. What would you wise, wise what, words? Yeah, what would you know, Mum? Yeah. No, he's lovely. Oh, he's he's a provider. Mm. He's a provider. He's got a job. I understand that, but let the wind go through your heart first. I'll never forget those words. I'll never forget we, where we were sitting in our kitchen. Um, and true to her word, it's um, we still bring up that conversation. And so the luring happened. So um, he came, surprised me back in Melbourne. He flew into Melbourne, bunch of flowers, I want to marry you. I'm like, yes, this sounds amazing. <gasps> Never had the bended knee, but you know what? You start now um, ignoring things. Let it go what were those things go. what
0: were those red flags that you were ignoring because there's that great quote that I always say it's around the initial red flags you ignore end up being the reason why you break up in the end so well the the initial ones for me I I'm always
1: I'm such a dreamer you know I've always I really really thought this beautiful man will be on his his the knight in shining armor that he will get down on one knee for me and have this diamond ring and Karen, would you marry me? Mm. And I expected all of those things from him, but nothing. Mm. So there was the early stages already going, um, we'll let it go, Kaz. Mm. It's okay. He's a provider. He's older. He has a job. He will look after me. So those factors kept coming up all the time. And so into that stage, we're writing letters. Anyway, I go and stay with him. This was overseas for a little while, a um, little while, maybe four months. And I start to see. Now, I'm 19, actually 20 by this stage, I think six months in anyway, 20, and I'm going, this is not the picture mm. that was painted back mm. in Melbourne. Mm. I'm seeing a lot of different things here. There's more to it. Yeah. And um, anyway, my mum flies in because she was really, really worried. I basically, my, my whole family we were like, where's Karen gone? Who is she? She's going to get married. Yeah. So, well, this was on the cards for me. Yeah. I thought marriage is going to be my solution. Mm. So we get in and my mother basically said, run (laughs) abort mission abort back it up like a tonka truck we are getting on that next plane girl and i said Mum, don't be ridiculous this is my life i'm 20 years old i know what i'm doing so karen gets married in a registrar office in in in, in sri lanka overseas now i am the biggest bogan from melbourne no footy to be seen. Cricket, yeah, you can see a cricket bat anywhere in Sri Lanka. I'm thinking, what am I doing in this foreign country? Mm. My father is beside himself yeah. going, what are you doing back in Sri Lanka?
2: Mm.
1: And anyway, we do the register. I'm lost, Ash. I am, everything was a blur for those months. My mum flew in. She couldn't believe it. She got on that plane and I... Just started crying, going, Oh shit. Now, this was the oh, oh shit moment going, I'm married. What does that mean? Yeah,
0: especially at 20 when you're still trying to figure out who you are. So I lost. Marriage on top of that. Of course. But remember, he's older. He's he wiser.
1: A, he's a provider. He's a provider. <laughs> and, this is, and this is what it is, you know. Hey, if he's a provider financially, I've got it, mate. Yeah, Tick. Yeah. So, anyway, we head back. We we head back home now to Melbourne. Yeah. And my family thought, what's happened to you? I had lost. I felt I had lost my beauty. Mm. I felt I had lost myself, who I was, my vivaciousness, my spark. Yeah um i was just well i was married yeah and you know what marriage means it's all about him now the husband makes decisions and so okay what do i do anyway my mum the the most kindest person in the whole world said both of you moving with me don't pay rent get get You know, get on your feet, get jobs, and, you know, we'll see where we go from here. Never took a cent of us. Amazing. So my mother (laughs) starts to witness the fighting. And let me tell you, it was brutal. There was no physical altercation at that stage. Now, remember... At this stage, they're still trying to woo the family because now he's got to prove it to my brothers. He's going to
0: get claws into other people
1: now. Yeah, and my brothers are six foot three. You know, one's got tattoos. My mother thinks, "Oh my God, you're going to jail," but you know he loves his tattoos. Um, And my older brother is just the most beautiful man anyone me like they're yep. just beautiful beautiful men and to think to hurt a woman yeah oh my goodness they would they would die first yeah for them to even do yep. that yeah so they are start now we have a lot of family we're always at functions you know always in different pl- people's places there's a birthday going on and this is what i loved yeah um they're starting to see his behavior
2: mm.
1: the behavior starts to change ash it is um he becomes a bit of a recluse mm-hmm. Uh, he has a very sullen face mm-hmm. what's wrong, what, nothing have I done something, what's wrong nothing, mm. don't speak like that don't tell me what I have to do so these are the things now coming up, family functions, now Karen's walking on edge going yeah. so I'm giving my brothers looks because they're, they're just giving me looks, I'm like just you know, I'm trying to again deflect, Yeah. protect deflect, protect Protect my little circle. I've been doing that for 22 years. Yeah. And ex- just excusing his behaviour. So this yeah. starts to happen. Then the um, then he gets really comfortable now with my family because yeah. my family is just incredibly beautiful and loving. Um, starts insulting my mum, you know, just little digs. Remarks, yeah. My middle brother, who will um, punch walls for me, actually... Yes, he would do. He's like, don't mess with my sister. (laughs) And he um, called me one day and he said, what is going on with him? What's with the insults at family function? Why is he putting my mum, why is he putting our mother down? Mm. Oh, no, he was joking. Mm. He was just being funny. Yeah. Yeah. no, they're really sarcastic, you know, it's fine. No, I want you to sort him out, otherwise I will come to your house and I will sort him out. Oh, no, no, please, just I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I we speak about it. Deflection. No, that. No, I didn't say that. So now the, the denial will start coming in. I'm going, okay, maybe my family is a little bit. Geez, they're a bit full on. gaslighting.
0: Oh, and what did I
1: even yeah. know about any of those words, Gaslighting just come about in the last few years. It's just come about. Yeah, so, again, so this was now a pattern. So by this stage we've moved out of my mother's house. Yeah. We, we've, we've built a house.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, the, the fights were very, very aggressive, yeah. very aggressive. I remember being pushed down to the floor. And I thought, this is how couples do it. Mm. This is what I saw. Mm. So what did I know better? Yeah. And um, the aggressiveness, you're not worthy. Think before you say something. Think before you say something. Don't just, so now I'm thinking before I say something. I'm, Mm. oh, you're erratic. You're like your mother.
2: Mm.
1: You're so emotional. You're mad. Now, that hurts me to the core yeah those words still
0: yeah
1: you are mad so these are the things that just were on yeah. repeat yeah um and i believed it hun i would get into my car now if anyone knows me i'm really bad with directions as you can tell i could not find your house she today Couldn't. yeah I-, I knocked on someone else's door anyway So I would get into the car. Now, if anyone knows living in Melbourne, we had just bought a house down in Berwick. It was pretty much the sticks. It's about 60Ks from the city and it was a new estate. And I thought, let me find a freeway. I am going to drive and I'm never coming back. And I drove and I drove and I cried and I would do this pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And we didn't have GPS. We had the Melways. I'm thinking, I'm not pulling out a book here. If I go on a straight road, all I need to do is turn right and come back, right? Yeah. If I do any dodgy turns, yeah. Karen's going to end up in Chapel Street or yeah. something, and yeah. not be able to come home. But I just drive that. I would scream, and I will yell out to God, and I would scream and go, "Why? What have I done? What have I done? Who am I? I'm, I'm scared." And um, and just drive home. No remorse. Where have you been, darling? Can we have a chat? I'm really Mm. sorry that I hurt you. Nothing. Mm. I haven't heard a sorry in 22 years. Mm. 22 years I have not heard an apology. So um, that was pretty much the start, hun, and they were about my fault. Mm -hmm. He would delay tactics about going to my family's, change up plans, lie not come home, tell me he was here, but he wasn't here. So I would start to just be a manager and I would imagine all these things. Mm. Um, so my daughter comes along and, I, you know, it was me. I, I never saw him. He was out and about really having his freedom.
2: Yeah.
1: Where I was tied to a home, I, we were in financial debt as well and i hate that word because yeah. that is what has been driving my whole marriage pretty much for 22 yeah. years and so this was the start um uh what happened was how we how we got here to brisbane um i hadn't ha- i was pregnant with my second daughter by this stage and he and he wanted to move away I didn't for a fresh that, start for a fresh start mm-hmm and guess what karen made up more stories karen's now telling the family now i've got all my family in melbourne i'm about to have my second baby yeah i'm 20 25 26 weeks in pregnancy quite heavy gave up my job no we're going to brisbane that's how it's going to be done okay my mother was like you're mad what are you doing what about your support network support network I've got us. Mm. We're a family because that's yeah. what he drilled into me. You don't need anyone else. Yeah, We are a family. And anyway, my father is heartbroken. Another one, he doesn't know how to express his feelings, couldn't even say that he loved me
2: Yeah.
1: at that stage. Anyway, off we go, playing happy families. I come to Brisbane first. I'm unpacking a house while he's back in Melbourne for two weeks
2: mm.
1: and, um, God knows what he was up to. Mm. So I'm here, I'm with a three year old and I'm unpacking a home and I'm alone. And my life
0: in Brisbane starts and it's a shit show. And then just to, if anyone hasn't caught on to that, that is complete, like isolating. Of he that was a tactic, not only for the fresh start, but he was isolating her away from her support network, friends and family. That's like another tactic that they do.
1: That's it. Yeah. And again, my mum steps in, he's isolating you. What yeah. mum? I'm fighting her. I yeah. have been fighting my mum for 15 years. Mm. Mum, don't he is isolating you. Yeah. And I said, no, it's a fresh start. So I am fully convinced yeah. this is happy families. Yeah. But in true Karen style, I um, I have my baby. Mm-hmm. I hit the gym. I, like I love training. So the best thing for me is get my mind right. So yeah. I'm now getting strong physically
2: yeah.
1: and getting my mind strong. And I join a running club and i become a runner and I'm doing marathon, half marathons you know, competitions, and I'm trying to run away from the shithole that I was living in. Um, I have friends. I don't have friends. I'm not allowed to have friends. She's not good for you. She just has too many emotional baggage, maybe back away from her. So now all my support network is getting taken away. Um, my mum's sister lives here in Brisbane, so mm. she was really my um, conduit between, you know, just to let my mum know I'm doing okay. Mm. My mum will come to visit frequently and she would just say, what is going on here? So, look, there was absolute control, Ash. Yeah. There was isolation. Yeah. Um, there was physical altercations. I remember at one um, occasion we had gone for counselling the night before the counsellor had, um, had brought up some issues mm. with him. He didn't like it. Mm. So the next morning I brought it up. Yeah. Hey, maybe we, this is good. We're talking about it. It wasn't good from his perspective. His ego was hurt.
0: He was called out. He behavior. was called they out. They don't like that. They
1: don't like that. Um, and so what happened was that morning I was half-dressed we had an altercation. My two-year-old daughter saw me, um, and it was my older daughter that was really frightened, um, basically pushed out of the house with my hands, um, really tight grip on both of my hands and taken backwards and thrown out of the front door. Now, my job is really important to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's my It was my freedom and my source yeah. of income. It's a safe place. Yeah, It's my safe place, and I yeah. never miss a day of work, yeah. no matter how, apart from when the children were sick. Um, so he locked the door. I was half naked for work, you know, undies on, had my, my had my shirt on, and I knocked ferociously on that door to let me in, and it was my oldest daughter. I mean, oldest, she was so young. Come on in, Mama, you've got to get to work. Um, she let me in, and I had bruises on my hands for two weeks. Didn't say anything to anyone. Walked into
0: work. You had like long sleeve on to hide it and stuff like that? Yes, because yep. we
1: wore suits all the time. Yep, yep. And, um And I didn't say anything. And I just went to work that morning like nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. I wore a very, very good mask for work. And yep. I actually, up until very recently... I would always wear the mask.
0: She's always one. That's why I say always be careful of those that smile because they normally hide the biggest. I think so. The question that I really wanted to ask is when was that realisation point that you needed to escape? Because you're going through all this. It's like a knock-on effect. It's all happening Mm -hmm. and everything like that. What was that moment you are like, oh, shit, I need to get out of this?
1: So that happened probably about four years ago. So there's two parts uh, to this marriage breakdown. There's Back in 2017, I decided to leave the marriage yeah. and I didn't know what was ahead of me mm-hmm. and it was going to be a very, very dangerous time mm-hmm. for me. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just remembering if I would go to work as an escape mm-hmm. and I used to come home to a very... Um, toxic home. I don't know how to explain that, but he was glum. I'm such a vibrant, I love life, and I would drive down my street, Ash, you know, 6 o'clock in the evening and go, oh, shit. Yeah. Brace yourself. Every night. Yeah. I would feel an instant from here. I would just drop, but had to put on the face, cook, clean. I do all that my children get all that stuff sorted and I would have long days I get up really early to train so my sleep I for me as soon as I get to bed that was it oh my god this is another day gone
2: yeah
1: um so we had moved out um actually sorry we were in this home that we had bought and yeah it was 2017 hun I decided to leave so my mum helped me Mm -hmm. um I got an apartment and so that very night it got quite physical and mm. he was going to hit me over the face with his belt. He actually took the belt out like a movie scene, folded it, and, he, and you know, the things that came out of his mouth. Now, they are very controlling mm. in what they say. Their words come out very precisely. I mean, he didn't swear an awful lot. It was the look in the eyes mm and just coming for you. Mm. So it was my oldest daughter who stepped in and stopped him from hitting me um, over the face with this belt. We had friends by that stage who I'd call. i said, call this person, get them over here. Anyway, yeah. they came over. I had moved out um, not long after that. The funny thing is he was helping me move out. So this was all I thought, oh, this is going to be amicable. Wow, this is going to be. Yeah. <gasps> I really was fooled. I was such a dumbass. I yeah. really thought this could be, this could go really well. We could be friends, you know, that whole co-parenting.
0: Yeah. Wow. Like Kourt- Kourtney Kardashian style, like with Scott Disick, that's like goals, but it's not like that. It's
1: not like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Ash,
1: this was the start of revenge. Yeah. The revenge started. Um, the kids stayed with him. He manipulated the children to know. And and I I have found out recently the things that he would tell my children. And I was so young. Yeah. Um, I would be in my apartment. I would not see my children for weeks. I couldn't get hold of them. He got them to block that um, me, their mother. Mm. Um, I've recently found passport applications that he didn't even put me down as a um, emergency contact. He put his sister down, and another another guy. And I just, I, my heart just dropped. I've been them. I'm their mother. Mm. And so the start my during this time, my father was diagnosed with brain uh, stage four brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Nine months. He had nine months. Nine to fourteen months. And he, he died um, within nine months. Now he's now remember I'm isolated, my father's dying. My family's all there. Now they're calling me for updates. Yeah. I'm separate I'm going through a hell with my ex-husband. Mm. I'm I'm barely surviving financially. Mm. This is a big step for me. I had to engage with a lawyer
2: mm.
1: Who took a lot of money off me, mm. and I got, I, I I walked away. I was so exhausted. Ash, I just pretty much gave him everything—the mm. two houses—and I was left with some money to pay off some debts. But during this time, um, I I'm I'm now traveling to Melbourne, mm. and to see my father, and I get a call from the police. This is Constable So and So from the local police station. I mm. thought. Oh my God! Someone's dead. Someone's died. No, yeah. what's going on? Um, are you so and so? Yes, I am. Do you live reside at this address? Yes, I do. Um, you have been served with a domestic violence order. What is that? I didn't even know. Yeah. What a domestic violence order was. Yeah. And I said, what do you mean? What I said, am I going to jail? I said, I just had. I just moved into a new job, in my current in my current job. And um, oh no no look it's um, I said I thought who have I threatened I mean I'd say I'm going to threaten people you know about oh, I will break teeth and stuff but I'm thinking did someone actually take me yeah. seriously <laughs> no, It's always a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Okay, if I say I'm going to bust your teeth, I'm just we are funny and violent. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I probably said I'm going to deadlift you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought come on this has got to be a joke this is a stitch up this what I is a stitch up <laughs> oh this um it's and so i said "He's my ex-husband what can you look um i said look i'm here with my father he's dying of brain cancer mm-hmm. he's going to go into surgery what do i do and he said look when you come back come down to this to the station i said to the police station i, I know i'm in complete shock huh? yeah I have no idea what a domestic violent order is. Yeah. And so anyway, I I come out of the room and my brothers knew my face. I was You're don't tell don't tell anyone, you. don't tell me. they're like, what's wrong? I said, Oh, it was a work call. They're like, no, 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 it's not work. Mm-hmm. Something is something is everything okay with the kids? I said, I've just been served. With a domestic violence order so anyway now i'm anxious i'm heading to you know i'm going home to brisbane in three days mm. i wanted to spend some time with my dad and i get home ash and there's paperwork from the police station and i had to go down to the police station sign something and they said you've got to go to court what what's court what, yeah. do you, what do you mean, court? Yeah. Oh, you've got you have to turn up to this day. If you do not turn up, there are mm-hmm. going to be consequences. Um, a lawyer? Do I need a lawyer? Uh, we prefer you. I think it's, it, it'll be good for you to get a lawyer. I'm like what, what, what? A lawyer?
2: Yeah.
1: So I'm in a state. I haven't seen my children.
0: Yeah.
1: I've got an ex-husband who wants to absolutely annihilate me. Like he's putting in nails everywhere. Every thing I did during that time, Ash, of 10 months, I was nailed. I was nailed to the ground. The lawyer nailed me. I lost two properties. I have been working since I was 18. Mm. Less, you know, if you start when you were 15. Yeah. I have been working. I was not going to get any of that. There was no half-half. It was like you deserve this and that's all you're getting. Um, so by this stage, um, I'm ten 10 months down the track now, mm-hmm. and I'm struggling. Ash, I'm struggling financially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've been through a domestic violence court, yep. and I got five years. I didn't. I didn't even contest it. I just. I didn't even know what I was yeah. even saying. I just said okay. I thought if I just say okay, I can see my children. But that was the, that was the clincher. You have a DV on someone he used that as a control so I couldn't see my children. so everything was controlled when I was with my children yeah. um, he had uh, he had gone to the police again said I would breached the order because I had corrected one of my children. so he was trying to coerce that out of them yeah. what was what was your mother like? what was her behavior like? what so I, I want to be very honest here. I had lost a lot of weight. I was training mad at the gym. I had to get the demons out, but they were still very present. And I couldn't see my children. I started a new job that I was working um, you know, very long hours. I had to build my reputation in my new workplace. And in true Karen style, the mask was back on. And yeah. it was on very, very firmly. Um, I was dying. I was dying and there was one very, very low point for me, Ash. Um, one night I could not sleep. There was many nights I couldn't sleep. Mm. But this particular night I, I just said, God, if you can end this, if I can end this, I, I'm really happy to go tonight. And I actually was pacing the apartment and I said, how, how do I hang myself? You know, how do I Get out of this. Yeah. I really wanted to die that night. That was the night. I remember that night so clearly because I was pacing, going, I just want this to end. Mm. But you know, I in in true strength that I went back to bed and I actually had about three hours sleep that night and I showed up to work and I thought, no, my children, my children. Mm. So look 10 months in. I, 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 I was the one who initiated the reconciliation mm-hmm. of our marriage. And when I look back now, I was so desperate. I needed to see my children. I wanted to be in the same home as them and I wanted them to have my influence. So we began the journey of reconciliation and um, I didn't have a lot of support during that time. My parents, uh, sorry, my father had passed away by that stage. And my family were gutted. They were gutted. They couldn't believe it that I'd got back together with him. So begins another stage of my life of even more isolation now. And now I'm not speaking to my mother. I'm hardly speaking to my brothers. Yeah. My family has pretty much said, we cannot believe what you've done. But he's loving it. He's lapping it up. I've, this is our family. She's crawled back. she's you came back you started it you started it you came back these were the constant words that were going on and I want to be really clear too here Ash that during this time of abuse it actually turned me into somebody else it turned me into somebody i was not proud of Mm. i i said things that i've never said before um i i did things that i've never done before the the emotional turmoil on someone it actually really takes its toll you can i i would dress up every day for work you know i love to dress up i'm you know makeup on i'm always really well presented because that's what i bring to my job but inside i was thinking who are you karen what have you turned into? Mm. So that was another part of, of damage control, of damage again in my life. Yeah. So we've now reconciled and we've moved out of the rented houses and we go and rent another house and off we go. Um, and then that journey starts two months in, Ash. I'm going to swear. And I went, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God! Yeah, this has happened again. So prior to that, mm. my mum said, "My mum, she had all the words love bombing. what what is a love bomb? Yeah <laughs> what a love bomb? darling, he's doing all the things mm. you have wanted. He's doing this over and above and yeah. You know, a nice restaurant. He booked Valentine's. Wow, never had that before. This is amazing. And I'm on Facebook going, Oh, look at my marriage. I'm reconciled. I'm like, I genuinely thought. This change. is a change, man. Yeah. I did. I, In my heart of hearts, I'm such an advocate for marriage. I do not hate marriage. But I went in there thinking, this is the most amazing moment of my life, hon. I felt amazing. And it was very short-lived because now the trap, bam. You know, it's yeah. like you put the cheese in the trap part where that yeah. mouse goes in and bam. Yeah. And that was me. That was me. I'm talking two, three months in. Mm. Um, you know, you did something and you hurt me. No, I didn't. You started it. No, no, no. Mm. I said, i like you to say sorry. Why would I say sorry when I haven't done anything? Yeah. So now the so. pattern starts. Isolation's, they're even bigger now. Yeah. I'm not speaking even to my auntie now in Brisbane. Yeah. My life source, my connection to my family, even in Brisbane, mm. gone. No yeah. friends. I no friends. I've got their friends, but let me tell you what friends are. Friends get into the trenches with you. Friends yeah. do not tell you from the outside, let me know if you need anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you give me $10,000 because I want to sue this guy's ass? And someone wins the lot already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, I am fucking dying here. Can yeah. you help me? Yeah. Can someone speak to him and go, mate, your behavior is not acceptable, but I had no one, Ash. So I'm now back in this home, living. This couldn't go back home to Britain, Melbourne again. You know the fights to go home to Melbourne were just so severe. I said, "Screw it, let's just stay in Brisbane where I've got no one and let's isolate my children from my family again." Yeah. Um, so now it's four years on, and I put up with it again because I wanted, I wanted my drive was for my children, my children, my children, my ch- must. My, my heart, my source, my blood. And this year, another physical altercation. I came back from Melbourne. Um, he couldn't come back for Christmas this time. I took the kids. I had some pretty soul-searching, deep, deep thoughts. I was by myself. I was with my family, which was the most amazing time. Yeah. And I did some soul-searching over lots of champagne and pool time in my brother's house and I woke up one night and I took a deep breath and I went oh, it's time yeah it's time to walk away from this again now by this stage I have the most amazing girlfriends are two of my best friends who are women that I would die for mm. like we are the Trinity we are the trio and they are actually, they make me cry. Um, they were in the trenches with me. You need friends they like um, They rolled up their sleeves and they said, Kaz, we're we going to be on this journey with you. Okay. And I said I was scared. Um, houses are gone. I didn't have a car. There was two big four-wheel drives that they weren't mine. And I had nothing,
2: Mm.
1: you know. The only thing I was doing, which I'm, I I pay the rent, which is amazing. I work, and I've got, I've got resources in the sense I've got a job. But they got into the murky, murky waters with me without even a question. Yeah. So um, in February, early Feb, on a Sunday evening, it was the ex-husband's last physical altercation he would ever have with me and the last communication he would ever have with me. And I called the police for the first time in 22 years. Let's just pause. It was a remarkable evening. I didn't even know what the police number was. I called 911.
0: (laughs) That's a very Karen thing to do. (laughs) It
1: is a very Karen thing and I was like,
0: 111? One, one, one? No. 0000. zero, zero, for zero, those in zero, zero. <laughs> We're not in America. <laughs> I know.
1: And it is the most nerve wracking. You're dying. You're like, oh my God, my whole family's going to be falling apart about now. Yeah. I called my girlfriend who lives up the road. She came. My daughter called her. She was there within five minutes. Um, and the police turned up within 10 minutes. And it was a beautiful police lady. Um I want to be quite clear here. I wasn't the bruise what they think they were gonna walk into. I didn't have the bruises on my face. It wasn't that. It was years of intimidation. Yeah, it was years of control, yeah, it was years of emotional abuse. And there was that physical there. That was enough. When a man raises his hand once, even threatens, even thinks it, move, run, run. If they even think it for a moment, do not even think twice to say, that's okay, maybe I contribute. No, you didn't. That person has deep hurts in their life. Yeah. I believe my ex-husband, there's deep, deep issues there that are not dealt with. The very thing you run from is the very thing that will chase you down. Mm. And it chased him down. Mm. 43 years old, Yeah. not much to my name financially, and I really don't give a shit because yeah. I've got so much more than yeah, that. I was going to say safe and look this sort of thing is not for everyone I had the resources I had friends I have a house I pay my own way I have a job this was my circumstances if you don't feel safe doing that and you need other resources around you and you need to hide your phone Mm. you have to that's somebody else's journey I'm not here to say this is what you must do no I did it with absolute fear and yep. panic. I didn't even know the number, hun. Yeah, and I did it, and he was taken away. That he was, my friends were so beautiful that he stayed at their house. They wanted me to feel safe, and it was good that he was around good people, good people. And from there, that was it. Um, I, I met him in court. I've got um, another court case coming up, end of May, and you know what? I will do that paperwork. Mm -hmm. I have had moments of fear. My girlfriends, they've been on the other side of the phone when I have just been crippled with fear and crying. But they come home and they're like, we're here for you. What what can we do? Their husbands are amazing people. And you know what? Support, Ash. I've got my life back. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, The sense of freedom, it's not about a freedom about going to work. I'm talking about a deep, deep emotional freedom Mm. where you can come home and you can sit on your couch with absolute peace. Peace is you cannot buy that stuff. That Mm. is real heart-gripping stuff peace when I go to the shops and I come back I don't need the stairs I don't need the glaring I don't need the questioning I it's it's a you've got to pursue freedom and peace and I'm in a relationship freedom is not um going to the shops and back freedom is like hey honey um, I'm going to catch up with my girlfriend tonight. And mm. it's like, w- yes, you need this time. Mm. Have the most amazing time. Not the questioning, not the drinking when you get home, not the altercation, not the physical. P- pursue freedom and peace because that's all we have in our life. And now I am I'm shining. I know the law a lot better. Um, I spoke to women last night at lunch. They have experienced such hurtful, horrible situations. Yeah. And there, there's hope and there's peace and there's freedom and you need to find that.
0: Honestly, I think she's just done my podcast hosting fucking job for me then. <laughs> you just wrapped up your own fucking story without me having to and cut. <laughs> Literally, like you cover i think she could see my points that's why she's just <laughs> knocked them all over i haven't done anything so this is the karen show <laughs> but your story and i'm just speaking on, on behalf of everyone will connect with so many people like you as you said everyone has a different story my story your story similarities but complete opposite mm-hmm. at the same time and that is okay um my final question for you before we actually wrap this up is What's one piece of advice you would give yourself, Karen, today, to that woman all that time ago before sure. you entered into these abusive relationships? What advice would you give her?
1: Um, I
0: would say you've got
1: to love, really deeply love yourself. Mm. The love that you have for yourself is got to do with healing. It's, it's got to do, have, you've got to have peace. And when you have those components in your life you can have successful relationships things that are not healed will come up and they will hurt you and they will hurt the people around you yeah. so for me I love who I am mm. I, I, I it, success to me is being an amazing mother mm. a wonderful friend and and be the best version of me. I know that's been said a few times, but I I am I'm born again. Like I have come out of this, yeah. and this is reinventing Kaz. I still love my footy. Yeah, I still love my cricket, but Kaz is on a journey of just new reinvention and loving. Mm-hmm. And I'm the provider. I'm the, I I guide my steps now. I don't have anyone mm-hmm. and I am nurturing my two children in this world to do the same.
0: Yeah. I think that's beautiful as well because we learn so much from these experiences and as much as domestic violence is fucking soul-sucking as we all know. Yep. I would not change my experience because how much strength I have from it and I've broken that sort of karmic cycle as well from this life and previous lives probably all before, but Mm -hmm. you have the ability now. If you're listening to this and you're out of that relationship and you're like, fuck, what's next kind of thing, you all know that I say you do not need to continue. You're a victim of domestic violence, but you do not need to continue living as a victim. You get to change your story and make it suit you. And I think that's so fucking powerful to take your control back and own your story and you get to rework it uh, to best suit you. And if you don't like something about you, fucking change it. Like who I was 10 years ago, who you were 10 years ago, completely different and that is okay. So change that perspective a bit and go, yes, what you went through is fucking horrible, but now you get to reinvent yourself, baby girl. So, like, you get to change it and make it work for you. So that is it. I honestly, from, like, bottom of my heart, I did not cry when she cried, so everyone just be thankful. That wasn't tears. What is tears? It's glitter, bitch. It's glitter. We sparkle here. But honestly, thank you so much for not only opening up to me about this experience, but wanting to come on here. I said this to her going, oh, maybe in a year's time. She was like, nah, let's do this, bitch. Like, let's get this story out. It's part of your, your, your story in healing. And I think also for, you know, other people out there, putting it out publicly like this is another way for you to go, I will never go back because it's publicly, you know, I've reinforced that to the universe and the world and stuff like that. That's right. And we just hold ourselves to that as, like, character and stuff like that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for for feeling safe enough to come here and share your story, the ups, the downs, and all of that. Thank you. That is a wrap-up of this week's episode with This Is 30 podcast. If you loved this podcast episode and you learned something from it, don't forget to rate and review because this helps us push up our podcast, up the ranks to help other hot messes out there. But also share this podcast episode on your social media and tag us in it because you never know who out of your friends and family that are following you need to hear this right now and are struggling with the same issues. So this may empower them and motivate them in some way. If you're not already following me on Instagram, which is so rude, by the way, you can follow me at is 30 underscore podcast. And lastly, if there's any particular topics that you want us to discuss from the panelists and hear their perspective, hit me up. I'm giving you permission to slide into my DMs. And I never say that, so you're welcome. You should feel lucky. That is it, hot messes. I will speak to you all next week.